This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, we are coming to you live. From the Quicken Loan Studios, National Mortgage Lender, Quicken Loans, apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send them hot, at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. I'm going to get to something else here. I will tell you, I, I don't think that Colin Kaepernick's going to play again. And it, it was it was forwarded to me, and this is a great point, and it, and it would make sense. My buddy Tim. I haven't seen this pointed out enough. The Ravens hired Kaepernick's old coordinator, are running the system he thrived in, and are without a backup to to Lamar Jackson. All that would make total sense. But if you've been through, how long was that court proceeding, Tom? Was that over a year with the grievance? Uh, Good question. Yeah, I think it was about a year. Had to be close to or even over a year. You've been through it, so let's call it a year. You've been through a year-long court proceeding with Colin Kaepernick. I'm looking from the NFL standpoint. They've been through the through a year-long court proceeding with Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed. Now, you signed Eric Reed during that time. Maybe it was to try to take the heat off of that, but still, Eric Reed obviously got something here with this, uh, with this settlement that happened yesterday. So you've been through a year-long court proceeding. You've paid him an undisclosed sum that we'll never know, but according to Mike Freeman and a couple of people out there, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to $80 million. Now all of a sudden you're going to sign him? If you wanted proof of collusion, now's when you start looking. I don't understand this. Well, now he's going to play. How? He's three years older. He can't be that sharp. He's turned down other opportunities, and he just cost the NFL somewhere in the neighborhood, again, according to Mike Freeman, 60 to $80 million. Now all of a sudden he's going to get, get a chance? No. Grievance was fired, filed in October of 2017, so that was over a year. Yeah, you want collusion? Re- if you want proof, real strong proof of a collusion, there was something there. You're willing to settle. There was something there. Something that was maybe understood or maybe they just, hey, let's make this go away. That's a win for Colin Kaepernick because it's always going to be thought, but if you really want collusion, now's the time you look. Because right there in that scenario, hey, that makes sense, except that he is three years removed from football. And I can't expect him to come back and to be sharp. I can't expect him to come back and to know everything there is as, as the NFL has changed, but he might be able to pick it up over time, but you got to give him time to get set, and I don't think they're going to give him time. And for him, when, when this grievance was filed of October of 2017, you can't play football anymore. You're done. You can't play in other leagues. The CFL, the XFL, the AAF, the USFL, if that wanted to come back, World Football League, doesn't matter. You can't play in other football. You can't let football be used against you in a court of law. If you were to play poorly, it would automatically justify the NFL's position. And to be frank, and, and let me say this before we move on to Joe Flacco, and I'll take some calls as well. But in the brutal honesty of it, if you let them have that opportunity, they'll just use it against you. But does it really take collusion to understand that 80-plus-year-old white people are probably not going to be thrilled with what was happening over here? 
I don't think there needs to be collusion. I don't think there really needs to be smoking gun emails between owners in the NFL. The NDA, I'd be pretty surprised. Hell, that is even with Donald Sterling being gone. And what happened with the Hawks? Major League Baseball, money-wise, there's a difference there, but I'd still be pretty surprised. But based on this, I hate to say this, and it's a sad thing to say, it's probably common sense. It's probably common sense, though. 855-212-4CBS. Let me get to Joe Flacco stuff here in a moment. Let me get to Casey in Lexington, South Carolina. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, man, yeah, man, I totally agree that Colin Kaepernick's not going to play again. And I think that before this grievance settlement lawsuit happened, Kaepernick had a chance to play in the NFL, given the right opportunities. But I think when it comes down to it, the NFL was looking at playing ability, which is why Eric Reed got signed in Kaepernick. Kaepernick did not, just based mm-hmm. off the talent aspect. Um, you know, I definitely don't think well. Colin Kaepernick was good when it happened. Uh, but, you know, adding what he did, you know, needing for the reasons that he did just added to it. Well, let me ask you this, Casey. Casey, let me ask you this. He had, at the time when he was done, 72 career touchdowns, 30 interceptions. He was 4-2 and two in the playoffs his final year while they sucked and they were terrible. He had 16 touchdowns and 4 interceptions. Can you tell me? If he never sat during the national anthem, that he wouldn't have gotten another job in the NFL and wouldn't have started more games at some point in the NFL. I yeah. definitely doing that added to it, but uh-huh. I think his career was definitely going down a bad route at that point, and uh, he, we, we 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 really never got a chance to see what he was capable of because of what happened. But I don't think he would have ever been a great or good enough to amount to a quarterback worth resigning over and over again. Oh, that's well, – that, yeah, Casey, I don't, I don't know if he would have went on to be a Hall of Famer. I don't, I'm not saying that. Thank you very much for the call. But when you're giving Case Keenum $18 million a year and Kirk Cousins got 85 not to make the playoffs over a three-year contract, people are going to ask questions. And, and I again, I implore anybody. You have 72 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. You're 4-2 and two in the postseason. You threw 16 touchdowns and four picks in the final season of your career. You're getting another shot. That's the whole reason the Browns traded for Tyrod Taylor last year. He doesn't turn the ball over. That's the whole reason. Tyrod Taylor had a $30 million contract. That's the whole reason. So I just I say we don't lie to ourselves. We know that if he wouldn't have sat down, he probably would have got another shot. He would have got another shot. And he probably would have gotten a shot to start more games. For somebody out there, we're desperate for quarterbacks. But over time, and when when we're talk, Casey's talking about Eric Reed. Eric Reed could step in and contribute now. What would happen now if Colin Kaepernick were to be signed today? And he's not going to be signed today. And I don't think he's ever going to get signed today. But if he gets signed today, then he takes time that he has to develop again, time that he has to get himself ready for game playing conditions again. There's a whole process for a quarterback that's not for some other positions out there. And then he's going to be a backup. Eric Reed can help to a defense. Today, Colin Kaepernick's going to sit, and do you want your backup quarterback to be the, the focal point of conversation politically, professionally, the entire way? No. it's the same. This is the same thing that we talk about with Tim Tebow. Obviously different circumstances, but it's the same thing. You bring Tim Tebow in, your place is going to be a madhouse. And people are thinking, why do I want a madhouse in my locker room or in my area, my my training camp, when this guy ain't going to start, and I don't even know if he's going to make the team. 
855-212-4CBS. Yeah, we'll just keep it rolling. What the hell? Jeff in Raleigh, North Carolina. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, thank you for hitting that guy with the facts of the matter, man. Like That's just say, the truth, Jeff. Yeah, I'm just trying fact, to see it yeah. the, the, for the truth of it. Yeah, yeah, you know what? It's been the truth since day one. It's true today. And if they were settled two years from now, it still would have been the truth. The, 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 we just got 80-year-old plus owners, and we've got people who, who just can't stand for the person makes the stand in a moral sense. And like you said, listen, call Bill's name, man. And uh, Nathan Peterman had a job in um, so don't tell me nothing about yeah. the talent like this guy. 72 and 30, you're getting a big contract, okay? <laughs> you're getting 70 million plus and with no problem. So I just want to thank you, man, for telling the truth. And, uh, and you got to remember, man, there's always this country, and we got a certain section of America where, you know, it's just racism, man, and they just use any excuse. Uh, Jeff, and, Jeff, uh, Jeff, I, I'll be honest with you again. Again, I'm just trying to tell the truth the way I see it. And there's going to be people who disagree, and thank you very much for the call. Listen, I, I was upset when he did it. I wish he would have done it in a different way. I wish he would have taken his activism to something else. I think that the national anthem means something to me and means something to people around me that from my area, it was a serious thing. When you were in high school, and I told the story, in eighth grade, we had a kid who was goofing off during the national anthem. He had to go out and he had to apologize on the microphone to everybody who was there. Like he was an umpire in Japanese baseball. Had to go do it. Like we've, we, we grew up with that. I, I grew up with that. I know that in every part of the country, it's not the same. Him doing it, though, and this is, again, this is just the truth of how I see it. Him doing it, though, forced a conversation into my living room that I can't necessarily say would have done it if he'd have done it in a different way. If he'd have had a commercial, we'd have talked about it. If he'd have bought ad time, would have done something, would have shown up at a protest, would have done any of that stuff. I don't know if it would have been as effective. What he did, and protest is not supposed to be something that is easy to deal with. Protest isn't supposed to be something that is something that I, I'm, I'm easily able to ignore. So that's something that I had to not accept. It bothered me. But I had to understand, and I still try to understand, and I still wish, I wish he would have done it out, uh, another way. And the reason I wish he would have done it another way is that there was still an effect there from other people who didn't even play. When other guys started to do it, what you're doing is you're trying to cause a conversation towards your cause. And I can get that you're trying to do that. But what my problem was, was first with the National Anthem. And then when they did it in Cleveland, when the players did it in Cleveland, and I show up to the, I show up to the facility the next day, and I walk around on the second floor, and I hear people who don't make hundreds of thousands of dollars at minimum, but people who are trying to scrape by on their thirty to forty to fifty thousand dollar a year salary, who are selling tickets, and they have people screaming at them in their ear, calling them every name in the book, cussing them out, saying that they're never going to buy from them again. And I was an eyewitness to that. And so, to me, I understand. Hey, if you got a problem with it, that's what you have to deal with. Okay, but you have to understand. You're affecting people when you're wearing that jersey. You are to, you are at, at a job. You are on the clock, and you're affecting coworkers. The guy selling tickets isn't on the same level in the public eye as the guy playing free safety. I get that, but you're still affecting coworkers there, and that's some things that 
if I put my name out there and I put it about me, that's fine. But if I unwillingly or I make someone else an unwilling participant towards it, then that's something that I have to have a problem with. I'm just keeping it as factual as I possibly can. Yes, if Colin Kaepernick would have never sat, he would be playing in the NFL probably right now, and he would have absolutely started games for a team. I don't know how great he would have been. I don't. I, I think that there was still probably problems with that shoulder. But you know what? 16 touchdowns and four interceptions tells me something else. But from this, and to see that personally, hey, I had a problem with it, and I still do. But it causes a conversation publicly. It causes a conversation with us in society. So it's something that I have to deal with every single day, which is the point of protest. Tony in Vancouver, Washington. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hi. Yeah, the one thing about Kaepernick that isn't being discussed is how much was he willing to, to play for? Seattle brought him in as a backup to Russell Wilson. They didn't sign him. And the only thing Pete Carroll said at the news conference, and this is all he said he was going to say, is that Kaepernick was a starting quarterback in the NFL, which, which translated means he was asking for starters' money, which is what, 15 to $20 million a year? But his side, Kaepernick's side, is going to translate that, and I'm sure they did during this grievance hearing, is here you got a guy who's a paid talent evaluator as a football coach in the NFL saying that this guy's a starting quarterback in the NFL and he still doesn't have a job. I understand that, but mm-hmm. who's... If you don't feel that he's worth that much money, is that collusion? Well, well I if think... a running back has you know six years at 500 yards, breaks out for 1,000, then wants to be paid with the best running backs in the league. But as the owners say, I don't think he's worth it. That oh, that's Le- that, that Le'Veon Bell did that. Le'Veon Bell did that just this last year. But what Colin Kaepernick is saying, I, I, if Le'Veon Bell became a free agent, I think somebody would, were, would sign him very, very quickly. I don't know if it's for the money that he wanted, and that was the whole basis of the Le'Veon Bell argument months ago, Tony, but mm-hmm. he would still get signed. What, what Colin Kaepernick is saying that is saying that he is a better quarterback than what they believe that he is. He believes that he is worth something and that if he were not to sit, he would be worth something. I, I think, and, and honestly, when I see the 16 touchdowns and four interceptions, I have a hard time going against that, Tony, when I other quarterbacks who were signed to decent okay. deals, decent money, and started other games in the NFL with those same numbers. Well, why did he lose his job in San Francisco? Oh, because obviously they were going to look in a different possession. They were going to look in a different direction for quarterback. He had good numbers yeah, there. They but he Alex wasn't winning games, Smith, right? <laughs> well, they ended, well, no, they ended up. They got rid of Alex Smith for him, and then they ended up going in a different direction after him because Alex Smith got sent to Kansas City, and then Alex Smith got sent to Washington. I'm just saying, how much was he asking for, and was he worth what oh, he was asking for? I, I, I think that, saying. yeah, I think that probably it was inflated. That one I can I can see your eye on there, Tony, and thank you very much for the call. Uh, I, I think a lot of that was more than likely inflated. Uh, players are always going to think that they're worth more than what they really are. We obviously know that. But for Colin Kaepernick's sake, it's hard for me to look at those numbers and to go against him. But if I were looking at this from San Francisco, and again, to answer that question again, Hey, still weren't winning games. We've seen guys go into the league, and they've had good numbers, and they've changed their entire the entire perception of the franchise. Hell, look at the Browns if we want to talk about that. And yet, certainly had more interceptions than what Colin Kaepernick did. So if you're not winning games, that's an argument to be used against you. There is a side where people could be saying, listen, he's not that good. No, he's not an overwhelmingly great quarterback. And now three years later, he's certainly not that good. But this was on the base of him when he first was released by the San Francisco 49ers. 
$14.3 million was his final year's salary that he made. And so he would be looking for something commiserate or something in that neighborhood of probably 6 to 10 to $15 million in that year, which is probably a bit high, obviously, but that's something that he was looking for. And then over the grievance of that, because we all know that if he wouldn't have sat, he would have been signed. The grievance of that is filed on lost wages throughout that. And since he, he settled for that, settled, which ends up being a win for him and solidifies his cause, we'll never know the actual amount. Now that money's his in the NFL, they try to sweep it under the rug, but this will be something that lives in the history books. But it won't always be at our forefront. Now for Colin Kaepernick, it's his job because it will happen on the other side. We had a call about this earlier. He will have to spend that money at some point and and use that for his causes. If he were to take that money and run, boy, he'd look like the greatest heel in the history of people. And his own constituents, his own supporters would be wondering what the hell's going on. I can't believe he would do that. 855-2124-CBS. More of you guys coming up. Also, Andrew Filipponi going to join us, 1140 a.m. Eastern. What's going on with Antonio Brown? What would I do if I were the Pittsburgh Steelers? That's coming up. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Coming up in less than 20 minutes, we'll welcome in Andrew Filipponi, 93.7 The Fan. We'll talk to him about Antonio Brown. I, I know that I, I'm dying to blame Antonio Brown. I'm dying. I just, I can't do it. I'm forced to. And Tom and I were actually, I don't, were we bickering, Tom? I don't think we were bickering. We were just having a strong conversation about it. Yeah. I'm not going to allow the NFL, and I'm, and it might turn into an argument with me and the Pony Master, or the Pony Express, or whatever the hell he's calling himself on Twitter now. I'm not going to, it might turn into that. I'm not going to let anybody tell me that he was all the scapegoat of what happened with the 2018 Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm just trying to look at it from both sides. We just did this with Kaepernick. Let me see this from Antonio Brown's side. You're 30 years old, going on 31 years old. Correct? Correct. He's one of the best, best, most consistent wide receivers in the game. I know that Ryan Clark threw him right under the bus on ESPN. I mean, just kicked him right out there in front of the trolley. What happened in the, what, first season of House of Cards when Kevin Spacey tosses What's her name out there right in front of the tra- right in front of the train? That isn't even nearly as bad as what Ryan Clark did to Antonio Brown. I get it. But with Antonio Brown, it, let me try to see it his way. Let me try to put this here. You're a high-paid wide receiver. You signed your contract a couple of years ago. You know eventually you're not going to be the highest-paid wide receiver. He's not the highest-paid wide receiver. But now you're dealing with a team that I'm looking for leaders. I can't find them. I need to find the leaders. And now we're turning him in, and he's done none of this. He's made himself out to be the worst GOAT possible because of the speeding charge, because of what went on down in Florida that we're still getting figured out. There's some tape or some photos now of the girlfriend that we're supposed to know about or not know about, which is going to certainly hurt any trade value that he would have. We don't know about these photographs that are possibly there, which to me, as of right now, sounds very uh, very much like what happened with the Des Bryant-Adam Schefter report a few years ago, which we're still waiting on that videotape, by the way. Um, so there's that that you have with that. And he looks like a completely horrible individual where he's able to sit out the final game of the season when his team needs him to make the playoffs. He looks terrible. But tell me how many times Ben Roethlisberger has been voted captain by his teammates. Tell me what people in Pittsburgh feel about Mike Tomlin. Because there's plenty of other places that would love to have a guy like Mike Tomlin. Pittsburgh, every single year, what is this guy doing? 
How many championships could Bill Cowher have won with this football team? And to be serious about this with everybody, how many championships should they have won? This is up and down a much more talented football team than the New England Patriots. And the New England Patriots are defending Super Bowl champions again, and Pittsburgh didn't even make the playoffs. And I'm supposed to put that all on a wide receiver? I'm supposed to put that all on Antonio Brown? You won the game, you didn't have him. Listen, I think Antonio Brown's made an ass of himself. And he deserves basically no defense. But I'm just trying to see it from his perspective. He's been made the scapegoat. You already have Le'Veon Bell who's upset. You've been broke off, though. I think he should show up to work. Obviously, he doesn't want to show up to work. And if I were the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though what I just said about Antonio Brown, I am convinced is the truth. If I were the Pittsburgh Steelers, if he's not going to show up to work, all right, then I guess I'm not going to pay you. But you ain't going anywhere. You think I'm going to trade you? I I, I read Ed Bouchette, who is a very good writer in Pittsburgh, and I, I hope I'll get this right. I'm going to ask Pony about this coming up in a few minutes. Ed Bouchette said that they should go after, what, a seventh rounder? A conditional seventh rounder? They should just accept anything they can get just to get him out of there? Hell No. The Roonies have been doing this since 1933. Teddy Bruschi said it. The president doesn't negotiate with terrorists. The Pittsburgh Steelers will not negotiate with players. Le'Veon Bell is still not there, and they still might transition tag him just to drag it out even further. You want to get petty, the Roonies, my friend, can get petty. And if I'm the Roonies, you ain't going anywhere. Until someone is willing to pay the fiddler. If they ain't willing to pay the fiddler, you ain't going anywhere. If you show up to work, we'll talk. If you're not going to show up to work, if you're going to continue to put things out on your Instagram and out on your Snapchat and out on your Twitter, we aren't going to have conversations. But guess what, buddy boy? You ain't going anywhere. I know you didn't show up to your trial earlier this week, or really your court date, not trial, but court date earlier this week for your speeding ticket. I know that you didn't do that, and I know you're going to, what, 145 or whatever it was, and you didn't want to show up because you don't want to be in Pittsburgh. I got that, but guess what, boss? Football-wise, you ain't going anywhere. No way. No way if I were the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because the Steelers, by them keeping Ben Roethlisberger, which obviously you would, and by them keeping Mike Tomlin, which was a questionable thing at one point, they are saying, we're bigger than a wide receiver. And that wide receiver might be upset, and we all know that he has a couple of valid reasons for it with number seven and with Mike Tomlin and with everything else. There might be some validity in there, but he's still the guy who messed up, and you're not going to go out there and try to embarrass us to get yourself out of here. For a seventh-round conditional pick or for anything other that does not that is not right then and there with your talent, you're telling me I'm supposed to accept less? No, go go. let some other idiotic franchise go do that. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers, for crying out loud. The Pittsburgh Steelers haven't won six Super Bowls. Let's give credit where credit's due. And I'm from an area that hates the Steelers. Ain't won six Super Bowls, Kyle Town to talent. You haven't won six Super Bowls, giving everybody what they want. You've made some strong decisions that have not very well been popular with the players that have played for you. Go ask Kevin Green when he was first cut. James Harrison. Troy Palomalu still won't even go back to Pittsburgh. But your perception is what? Greatness. You're going to have to step on a couple of throats. You think that they're going to give Antonio Brown what he wants? I say, hell no. I'd be surprised and even disappointed. 
855-2124-CBS. Let's see if I'm right. Anto- Andrew Filipponi going to join us next. Almost said Antonio Brown. That'd be great. Andrew Filipponi from 93.7 The Fan of Pittsburgh. He joins us next. This is the Ken Carmen Show. 855-2124-CBS. It's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. And you know what? It's brought to you by Geico. After this interview, you check out Geico.com. In 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Do yourself a service. Get to Geico.com. You got renter's insurance? They can give it to you. So in case the place burns down with your hot takes, you can get all your stuff back with Geico. Speaking of hot takes, we welcome in Andrew Filipponi. 2 to 6 in the afternoon, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Find him on Twitter, at the Pony Express. He also hosts Middays on Sundays here on CBS Sports Radio, 10 to 2. He runs a fantastic show. I'm a big, big fan of his, even though I don't like all his opinions. But he joins us on the show right now. Hello, Andrew. Ken, how's uh, Colin Sexton doing? You locked into this camp season. You living and dying with every game against the Hornets, Nets, Knickerbockers. Well, with his hair, with his hair the way it is, we just keep saying someone needs to light the wick, and when they light the wick, then he's really going to blow up, and then off he goes. Okay. Of course, you think I'm not watching the Cavs? Is that what you're trying to tell me? I don't know. I, I, I love getting inside the mind of Ken Carmen. It's like a Malkovich situation. I'm trying to pry myself in, get myself inside, and see what this man is all about. That's I'm sure right if you've seen Tommy Boy, that about is where it starts and finishes. Hey, can I ask you a question before we take off on Antonio Brown? Why, do they, why do they call you Pitt Bayless over there? Uh, because I had what? a run during the NFL season where I was pick Steelers games, and I think I got like six in a row wrong. No, and, and, and the absurdity of me like getting predictions wrong grew and grew. Like I think it started with the Steelers game in Jacksonville. I picked the Jags to win, and the Steelers had that last two minute drive, and then I picked the Steelers to win in Denver, and they infamously blew that game. And then I was out in Oakland for the Raiders game, and I said there's zero chance they lose. And then the X-ray gate happened. So, yeah, that's how my legend grew here. Again, that's the back story. <laughs> well, that is uh, that is some strong stuff there, my friend. I, you know, I absolutely love it. Uh, listen, I I don't think Antonio Brown has done right by his own worth. I think that what he's really done has upset a team that can be uh, quite stingy in its own way and can certainly be bitter in its own right. But I think that all he's done has upset a fan base of the team that they will decide whether he stays or goes over this last week. Is that how you guys talked about it this after, or in the afternoons this week, or was I wrong? Uh, when, when Brown promoted his trade request, I had the same uh, take that you just laid out. Uh, the Steelers are not going to be held hostage by a player. They're not going to capitulate to someone. They're not going to give in to what he wants. And the harder he begs and the louder he is and the more he cries and begs and moans about getting traded, I said uh, the, the more and more likely it is that out of spite, the Steelers hold him to his contract and make him report to training camp. So when that happened, uh, that was – probably the first time in a while, Ken, that I was convinced or starting to to be more and more convinced that the Steelers might actually bring him back, not because they wanted to mend fences or repair the relationship, but they didn't want the star player to get his way. Um, Now, what happened yesterday with this meeting now that 
AB is going to have with Rooney down in Florida, I think that changes things a little bit. Uh, to me, that's a face-to-face breakup. That's the owner and the player getting together. I think it's the owner saying, this is the situation. Uh, you know, we, We're going to work to trade you. We're not going to give you what you want. You're not a free agent. But you've got to make some concessions and some sacrifices and going on Twitter and bringing up skeletons from Ben Roethlisberger's past and closet is not really the best way to enhance your trade value. So mm. I don't know if it'll be a two-sided conversation. It probably won't be. But uh, I, I do think that that is maybe the first bridge to an Antonio Brown trade that we've seen. Where do you think he could end up? What's the most likely compensation in the trade? Uh, I think that he's not going to get a first-round pick. I think the first 32 picks in the draft are off the board. I think maybe there's a team that would trade a second-round pick, although right now I would probably say third-round pick and maybe – you know, uh, not 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 a starter on a team, but maybe a young player that the Steelers like, who they think can be down the road a a guy that steps into a starting spot. So a trade like that, maybe a third round pick and like a backup corner, something like that. Um, I think the teams that make the most sense sense are the ones that are desperate and probably have the least to lose. That's why I'm with Vegas. They just made the Cardinals the favorites to get them, and that makes a lot of sense to me because the Steelers and Cardinals have a trade history. Uh, Steve Kime and Kevin Colbert have worked out deals in the past. Uh, they worked out a deal, actually, that sent Antonio Brown to Pittsburgh. It was a trade that involved the Cardinals and the Jets that sent Antonio Holmes to New York, and it sent Brian McFadden in the six-round pick that was used to draft Brown to the Steelers. So... I think that's one that I get. If the Raiders do it, I don't think they part with one of the first-round picks. I don't rule them out. But, you know, people here want to see Oakland trade the 24th or the 27th pick, and I just don't see that happening. Andrew Filippone, he joins us. Afternoon show host, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Ed Bouchette, I'm not taking a shot at that guy. Uh, I think he's a good writer. And and not, not every opinion I agree with, and I didn't agree with this one is that I think it was he who said that they should take anything, even a conditional seventh-rounder, to get this guy out of here. And I'm thinking, that is just, that is not the Pittsburgh Steelers that I've grown to at times loathe, obviously, but uh, at times respect, or obviously always respect, and always know. I, I, I think that they'd rather just hold on to him and even pay him to stay away than give up a conditional seventh-rounder and let him beat them on the football field somewhere. Yeah, I think Ed... Uh, just to speak for Ed here, I think his point was they have to trade him, that they can't be picky, they can't look at the deals that come in, and if if the for sale sign on the car says $30,000, if the best offer they get is 20 grand, the car doesn't stay in the garage. They've got to sell it no matter what. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. making the trip to the new house with them. I think was the point he was trying to make. Like by no, by hook or by crook, they have to get him off the roster by any means necessary. And if his trade value plummets to the point where you just pretty much give him away, you still have to do that. I, I think the, the the merit to that point is I just do not see any way they they, they fix the relationship between Ben and AB. 
and they trust Brown to come back here as a reformed citizen, as a model teammate, and hope, keep their fingers crossed, that they don't have another episode or another incident again this upcoming season that drags them down and makes them a punchline again. I do think, from their perspective, they have to get rid of Brown, and they're hoping and praying that they get something of value back. For the season that went awry in 2018, because that was a team that, that could have went to a Super Bowl with the talent that they had, where is most of the blame put? Is it put on him, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin, somebody else, or, or another group? What is it? No, it's on the coach. Uh, Brown missed one game, and they won the game. And he had another 1,000-yard season, and he had another 100-catch season for the sixth consecutive year. So even though he was a distraction at times, and I do think the relationship or lack thereof between Ben and A.B. wore on guys in the locker room, I don't think that's the reason why they lost. It's more uh, of an epidemic of a, a systemic problem, which is that you have a coach who is the worst caricature of a player's coach right now, that he's allowed, he's allowed guys, not only Antonio Brown, but he'd allow down-the-liners, second-string players, to show up late for things without real punishment. Uh, they were one of the worst detail-oriented teams in the NFL. They're a sloppy team. Uh, and I think it's because there's not a real high level of accountability. And Tomlin's, like, boys will be boys or I'll let men be men mentality has completely backfired on him here. And I can't see him becoming a strict disciplinarian overnight. It's not like a college situation where you can pretty much watch guys graduate. You start fresh with an all-new team, mm-hmm. and maybe a coach can completely change his philosophy. That's not the case here. So I think, it's, I think it falls back on him. And it's not just the fact that he wasn't uh, you know, a Bill, Belichick, a Bill Belichick type that said it's my way or the highway. You're going to abide by my rules. It's also that some of his in-game decisions that absolutely nothing to do with player behavior – that just completely backfired on his team. And that includes taking bad teams lightly, which happens a couple times a year here, uh, and also just in-game management decisions, the kind of things we criticize most coaches for. But this is a coach that's in his 12th year and is regarded as one of the best in the league based on his record and shouldn't be falling victim to those types of mistakes. So, yeah, I would say it's Tomlin, Ken, more than anybody else. Well, you know, I agree with you on that one uh, on that one point you made because, uh, boy, I've talked about some crap here, and for you guys to let the, or I should say, for the Pittsburgh Steelers to allow them to be in those games, and I think they're going to be better, obviously, but to allow those games to be that close is is pretty ridiculous. What's going to happen with Le'Veon Bell, Andrew? Le'Veon Bell is going to play for a team that has a lot of cap space, also a team that realizes that they might be um, a difference maker on offense away from either making the playoffs or taking the next step. So that's why I think the Texans thing makes a lot of sense. They're they're in this arms race now with the Colts. You've got Deshaun Watson in a crappy offensive line. The quarterback isn't making a lot of money right now, so you can afford to pay a running back a little bit more. I think a team that has, say, can the Rams approach to last offseason. When they still had Jared Goff on a rookie contract, they were very aggressive in not only free agency but the trade market. 
They took a risk on some personalities, guys like Tlaib, Sue, and Peters, and they were rewarded for it. I think that's the team he goes to. I don't think it'll be the Jets. Uh, I think he wants Miami, but I don't think the new administration there, the new leadership there will take the shot on him. You know, I never rule out a team like Washington just because Dan Snyder likes to collect fantasy football players and maybe Mm -hmm. with the Alex Smith injury, he thinks it's his only way. Um, So I think that's the type of team he goes to. Houston is the rumored team, and I think if they pay him and give him guaranteed money, Ken, I think they'll get a pretty good player. Uh, I think if they guarantee him $30-plus million, which is what he wants, uh, I could see him as a safety valve as a you know, pass blocker for Deshaun Watson and then a guy that leaks out of the backfield and makes a lot of plays. So uh, that would be my guess. There's zero chance he's back with the Steelers, I'll tell you that much. Tony, I thank you so much for the time. I'm going to try to listen to you on my way home uh, tomorrow midday, 10 to 2, on CBS Sports Radio. Where are you going? What do you got going on tomorrow? I have to, I'm going out of town. I'm going to the Youngstown area. I have a lot of running around to do after the show today. Okay. All right, Ken. All right, Andrew. Enjoy Daytona, Ken. I love you. Thank you very much. I love you too, brother. Andrew Filippone joining us from 93.7 The Fan of Pittsburgh. I knew he was going to do that. So I like Daytona. So what? Okay? Tom, you got a problem with the Daytona 500? Not at all, Ken. I had Rusty Wallace on the show earlier this week, and I got to tell you, I was losing my mind. I got to tell Rusty Wallace on the phone that I hated him when I was a kid, but I thank him because he made me love NASCAR when I was a kid. He took it pretty well. At first, I was like, don't hang up on me, please. He took it pretty well. We were an Earnhardt family. He was wonderful, by the way. I mean, it's got to be pretty tough to uh, tick off Rusty Wallace, right? That's a pretty nice Yeah, I mean, they're pretty competitive people, and who knows? It was early in the morning. You got some fatty up there from the north talking to him about God knows what. (laughs) You know, he hung up the phone. He goes, of course, some Earnhardt hillbilly hated me when he was a kid. (laughs) You know that's what he was thinking. Because he took that all the time from Earnhardt people back in the day. But yeah, Daytona 500. Tomorrow, coverage starts at 1.30. It's going to be fantastic. All right, coming up next, coming up at 12.20, we do have five burning questions. I know I'm going to get an Art Modell one. And... Really, all we're trying to do as football fans is avoid an awkward conversation. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 